Welcome to episode 11 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. Today we are here with award-winning actor Lou Taylor Pucci. Lou has been in a slew of amazing films and shows like Thumbsucker, Fanboys, our brief interviews with Hideous Men, Beginners, The Story of Luke, and of course, 2015's remake of Evil Dead, just to name a few. Lou, thank you so much for being here today. No problem. So I want to start from the beginning. You were born. <laughs> of your conception. Right? You oh, were yeah. born. No. Uh, so what, you you were born in New Jersey, was it? Yeah, in Seaside. Seaside, uh, very cool. We lived close to the boardwalk, and then I moved to Keensburg, New Jersey, uh, where we still have a house. And then I moved to uh, Los Angeles about 10 years ago and have been here for that that whole time. Nice. All right. At what point were you like, you know what? I have to move to L.A. to do this. I can't. New Jersey's just not cutting it for me. (laughs) The story goes like this. I did an independent film. I I was on Broadway in The Sound of Music when I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. I was like 11 years old. And then I got fired because I got too tall. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) How dare you? And my voice was different. So they... uh, they fired me. I had no idea what to do with myself because I was 13 and I was, for a year and a half, I'd been running around in a sailor suit and bra on Broadway with like professionals. So now I was like, God, please, please don't let this be the coolest thing I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, did an independent film with Rebecca Miller, uh, who is Arthur Miller's daughter and oh, wow. uh, wife of Daniel Day-Lewis who happened to be on the set the whole time that we were making this movie called Personal Velocity. So we made Personal Velocity when I was about 16, and I was still in my all-boys Christian Brothers Academy school. And uh, I was just leading the normal life. But then um, I got that job, and it was pretty cool. I worked with Parker Posey and Kira Sedgwick and Feruza Balk. And Daniel Day-Lewis was on the set the whole time, so I was just hanging out with Daniel Day-Lewis, and that was... Up and, young up-and-comer, Daniel Day-Lewis. So, <laughs> great time doing that. And then it came out in an article that it had won Sundance as the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance for that year, and I didn't know what the hell Sundance was, and my family didn't either. <laughs> and uh, so we got an interview magazine interview where they put a print ad in there, pretty much of, like, me and... Uh, this guy, Billy Lazarus from Los Angeles, called and said, I'm an agent. We were like, yeah, we heard this one before. <laughs> and he's like, I want to represent you. Let me send you some scripts. Uh, have you ever been sent, you know, like scripts? Like, have you heard of Thumbsucker or Empire Falls? I was like, I never got scripts before. And um, no, I haven't heard of any of those things. He was like, well, if you're not going out for those things, then you're wasting your time trying to be an actor. Like, you got to have good representation to get you the stuff. So you're going to have to fire those people, whoever the hell they are. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And then he said, uh, well, two days later, I called him back and I was like, well, I read the scripts, the three scripts you sent me. And he was like, you read them? I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, usually people don't read things that fast in this town. <laughs> like, well, I really liked it. I really liked Thumbsucker and I really liked Empire Falls. I was 17 years old. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll, 
I'll uh, do whatever I can to, to make this happen. And he said, well, you're going to have to come out to Los Angeles as long as you possibly can. And I'm going to get you as many auditions as you can in that time. First, I'm going to get you a manager. So I sat down with Bob Glennon, 25 years old, just starting as like an assistant manager. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he pretty much has taken care of me ever since. I've been with him for 17 years now. Oh, wow. And um, so he had a friend at his management company who let me stay with him for the three days that I could afford to go to Los Angeles. My parents helped me pay the 500 bucks or whatever it was for the plane ticket. And then I went out to Los Angeles and I had 15 auditions in one, three days in three days. Wow. So I did these 15 auditions, but like I was an amateur magician growing up. So like Mm -hmm. they asked me, Billy was like, Hey, you're going to go and meet like the head of Fox and the head of ABC. And I want you to show them card tricks. So I did. I went in and showed all these people card tricks at like 17. And then I did all these auditions. The first one I went to was for Thumbsucker, the one I really wanted. And then I met this girl, Kelly Garner, in the audition. I was waiting there for an hour. I was just at the Directors Guild in Hollywood. And I was waiting there and waiting there. And and I had been broken up with a few years before that really like affected me. And I had to do an audition where I was broken up with. So it was very easy to cry. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. And like he basically his note was, hey, could you just uh, try stopping acting? Could you just not act at all? I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay." So I did that. And then he liked it. And then uh, we did that scene and it went really well. And then Kelly invited me to some barbecue she was going to. And I was like, Bob, to my manager, I was like, Bob, I got to stay in Los Angeles. I got to go to this barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's amazing. He's like, dude, you're stupid. You're a kid. Don't don't go to that barbecue. You make them want it. You got to You got to take a while. You yeah. can't give them yeah. all the power. You can't just be like, hey, I'm going to do everything you want. <laughs> yeah. So I decided that I wasn't going to stay. It was very hard. And I went to a couple other auditions. One of them was Mysterious Skin, Greg Araki's film. And I'm sitting in there in the audition. And I look up at the uh, casting director's wall. And I see this painting on the wall. And just by chance, and the weirdest thing, I ask, who painted that painting up there? This says Hawaii or something. She goes, oh, my friend Kelly Garner painted that painting. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm never going to see her again. I'm not going to get apart. This is terrible. I'm going to go home to New Jersey. My life is over. I ended up going home and then I got that part, the mysterious skin part in Greg Araki's film. And, um, And then a week later, I was on the beach with my friends. I didn't have a cell phone at this time, so my friends would just get calls from my agents and managers. So they would pick up the phone and be like, you know, oh, lose with us on the beach. So my buddy gives me the phone on the beach, and I'm like, hey, Billy, what's up? He goes, you got it. You got Thumbsucker. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Because, yeah, you're going to be working with Keanu Reeves and Vince D'Onofrio and Tilda Swinton, Benjamin Bratt, Vince Vaughn. It was a crazy cast, yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is fucking awesome. So instead of going to college at School of Visual Arts in Manhattan that I had a little scholarship to go to, I decided to go do that in Oregon for like two and a half months. Mm -hmm. So I worked on that for that time. I made insane amounts of friends and great knowledge from people like Tilda and D'Onofrio. Like they were my mom and dad. Um, Mike Mills is pretty, pretty much the best artist I ever met in my life. 
And uh, you can see that with the next ones, Beginners and then mm. Century Woman. Yeah, that was a pretty badass experience I had. And it really didn't, it's just snowballed from there. Everything kind of like went in pretty easy order. I started doing self-tapes while I was on set. And the two self-tapes I did, one was for um, Empire Falls and the other one was for Constantine, that Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tilda Swinton was in that too, wasn't she, I think? Yeah, exactly. And I did this ridiculous audition. That's where Keanu asked Tilda on the set to go be Angel Gabriel in in, uh, Constantine. So I, I put myself on tape for this thing where I'm supposed to be doing the Shia LaBeouf part where I'm supposed to be improv I'm waiting for a demon to fall on the car because it's going to jump out of the window. And I'm just supposed to be waiting in the car for Constantine. I'm like, Constantine, fucking Constantine. <laughs> really stupid video of me just like rapping about Constantine. And somehow the video ended up going to the wrong casting directors. And uh-huh. they picked it up and were like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> thing I have ever seen. I have no idea what it's for. I have no frame of reference, but it's funny and I want to meet this kid. And so I did Empire Falls in Waterville, Maine, where I met the nine ball champions of Maine, as well as the bowling teams. And uh, I went to quite a few bars because I had a good fake ID. So I was just partying my ass off in Maine doing Empire Falls and then killing a bunch of kids, meeting like Paul Newman on the set and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ed Harris. I mean, it was nuts. Joanne Woodward. And then those people from that Chum Scrubber movie that the casting people called and were like, hey, we want you to audition for this Chum Scrubber one. We're the people who saw you in that self-tape and thought you were funny. So I was like, okay. So then I went and did Chum Scrubber with Ari Posen. Uh, Ray Fiennes, uh, you know, like er- everybody. It's just, it was such ensemble giant films of like huge actors. And I just ended yeah. up working with all these huge actors because there was so many, so much money in little independent films at that time. Mm-hmm. 2008, the investors were still investing in small budgeted films. And after 2008, everything totally changed. And I had to completely rework the way I was working the system of how to have a career. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's about it. That was like the first snowball that rolled on by. It jumped right in the deep end, it sounds like. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I turned 18 on that set, lost my virginity. Beautiful time. <laughs> <laughs> All good memories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Thumbsucker was awesome. And I loved Food Inc. Food Inc. was probably one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of the time. And, and because of that movie, <laughs> we laugh about it now, but because of that movie, I became vegetarian for a year. Oh, yeah. You know, eventually I, I caved, you know, whatever. But um, that movie yeah, was intense. I watched Cowspiracy while I was in Costa Rica about a year and a half ago. And I turned into a vegan for the last year and a half. Yeah, it's insane. What this the whole. Yeah. 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 Thumbsucker. I love Thumbsucker. So what uh, so you're t- talking about 2008. Things kind of shifted. I kind of see what you're saying in that. Like there's you either have like your quiet places or you have your Marvel movies. And it seems like everything in between, there's like nothing in between those two things. Well, there's your $250,000 ultra low budget SAG film. And then you have your $6 million film now. And uh, there's no in between. The movies I was doing were about $4 million and nobody will put that money into a movie now. Yeah. Yeah. We put so about $4,000 into a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm doing the same script that would have been worth $4 million then 
that now they get $500,000 or $250,000 to do. So the yeah. production quality has gone down, but the creativity and limiting the director's creativity has gotten better so that, so that they're more creative with their money and they're not wasting anything. You know, we, we pretty much self-finance all of our films. So, um, you know, we, we, we jump on Kickstarter once in a while to try to get a little, a little help, but, uh, yeah, it's so expensive to do anything. And we're like North, we're probably what, like an hour North of New York. So, um, well, (laughs) we live in New York, Well, New York city. (laughs) city. Yeah. Um, so we still have a little, like if we were in the city, forget it. We couldn't do anything permits and all that crap up here. We still have a little bit of leeway in terms of if we go to the corner deli, someone might actually be excited that the film's being taken place there. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like LA and New York, forget it. You need a permit to film in your own house. So it's like insane. Yeah, 2008, everything kind of changed pretty intensely because the SAG strike happened. And then I also moved to Los Angeles that year. So right when I moved to Los Angeles, thinking that like, oh, everything's going to happen once I moved there, there was zero I was allowed to do because I would be a scab if I worked. And there mm-hmm. was work, even though you know, I was trying. So then I guess the script came in the mail for the music never stopped. I was already living in the present. And it's about a guy is stuck in the present because he has a brain tumor but mm-hmm. also it's all about music and the grateful dead and i happened to be learning fiddle for the last year so okay. i was like, i was just only learning music and living in the complete present and then this script arrives at the door that's just about only music and living in the present so i was like this is perfect i should definitely yep. do this and yeah. it was a great yeah. script so i did that that was fucking awesome super fun now there was uh, at one point, Paul, who uh, is, a, is a super fan of yours. Well, I wouldn't say so much a super fan as maybe a mega fan. <laughs> he's a, a bit difference. Of, he's <laughs> a bit of a fangirl. Uh, but, um, so he had come home one day and he said, uh, so I, I got this film that I want to watch. Uh, you know, I want us to watch this film. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, what's, it, what's it called? And, and he said, it's called Spring. I was like, all right. And I was like, uh, he goes, it, 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 Lou Taylor Pucci's in it. And I was like, all right, cool. What's it about? And he said, Lou Taylor Pucci's in it. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that's all the information I need. You know, yeah. he's just very matter of fact. Like, it doesn't really matter what this is about. He's in it and we're going to watch this. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, yeah. And like that movie's nuts, you know. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously you you can kind of tell there's uh, things are kind of funky. You know what I mean? It's like there's this this feeling and this tension. And you're like, all right, this is going to go somewhere. But where it goes, I don't think anybody watching that film that hadn't read the script could have even imagined that. And we were just yeah. like, at one point, I think we had to pause a specific part. <laughs> we're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The go, one she wa- when he walks in. Yeah, and she's yeah, in. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, just go back a second. I'm like, I don't, yeah. did, did this like switch? Like what just happened? And so, you know, it was like, you know, like two, uh, just this good, this great combination of like two movies almost yeah. coming together. It's like you were yeah. watching one movie that then sort of melded into another one. And um, yeah. I was just curious because that was in Italy, I think, right? That you yeah, filmed we, that? We had, we got to go to Italy. Basically it said, um, you know, here, here's some money. We're going to pay you. Uh, you're going to work with a girl. He's going to turn into a monster and you're going to work in Italy for. And you're like sold. <laughs> yeah. I was like, absolutely. I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> don't even worry about it. And then they didn't cast Nadia, the girl, until mm-hmm. just two weeks before we shot. So I was already. Oh, in wow. Italy at that moment, we were kind of like wondering what the hell was going to happen because they couldn't find a girl who was perfect, who had this like feeling of being from anywhere, but also 
you know, the accent and the beauty and like the acting technique. So she, she really had everything. And she just came in like a magical pharaoh or something and just like, <laughs> killed it. So, yeah, so Aaron and Justin are really, really good directors. And uh, they're, they're just so fun to work with. I mean, we had a really lot of fun on that set. It was ridiculous. Was that the film that you guys shot like an alternate ending or something like on a, on a phone? Yeah. The I smirk I remember that seeing just something. came yeah. over his face. Yeah, <laughs> I would get wasted and be wandering around with them through Italy on a day off. And then all of a sudden, they'd be like, they'd have their phones out and they'd be like, hey, there's a telephone booth. You should go over there and we'll do an alternate ending for the movie. <laughs> just improvise like whatever you want. You're talking to your friend, Mike, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You're going to call him and just tell him that you left her because she turned into a monster and, you know, like, she was pregnant but with like a monster baby so you know you didn't want to handle that so you're coming home so that's what i did and <laughs> cracking up and they'd be trying to trying to get the laughter out of the tracks of the two phones but they did it on two phones so they had two angles which is really hilarious because it made it look almost officially like an actual alternate ending even though it was mm -hmm. a joke that we were having we would do so many little film jokes on that movie i don't know if you saw all the behind the scenes for spring but there is a specific couple of things that we did, like uh, <laughs> the talented Mr. Ripley. Mm -hmm. um, and God, I can't even remember what the other one. Oh, whenever she passes a note in the movie, they won't say it never says what the note is. It's just supposed to be some romantic thing like, aha, I, he loves her so much. He gives her this romantic note. So there's three different choices that they have that they went through in the, in the thing. And the last <laughs> one is my favorite. It says. Um, she opens the note and they write a different thing in there. And it says, I'm an actor and my name is Lou Taylor Pucci and you're in a film right now. <laughs> 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 then you get the, the same reaction that you've gotten like three times. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> just make shit up and have so much fun. Yeah. That's the best when you can make a film and just have a, have a blast. And Yeah, Spring was I incredible. Hate... That was kind of the first horror that I ever did, even though Carriers I had done before that, and that was kind of a horror. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely was a horror. I saw a real ghost on that set. That shit was fucked up. But Spring was the one where I really got to do a horror film. Yeah. And Evil Dead was like, okay, this is the most awesome thing I could ever do in my life. Yeah, Evil Dead was, don't get me started on Evil Dead. <laughs> was in the audition so like i went to the audition basically only because bruce campbell was going to be there because i was like if they remake evil dead i'm going to fucking kill somebody they're going <laughs> to ruin it like they do to all other fucking remakes that i hate i mean when i first watched evil dead and evil dead 2 it was in a basement in new jersey somewhere and it was funny as hell and i always remembered that that cabin and how dark and disgusting it looked and all the sounds in the movie mm -hmm. and the, the chair that's like hanging from the roof that's knocking against the cabin and then you know all of a sudden i got this audition that my agent at the time brian decided that i had to go to and I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to go to this. This is terrible. First of all, they should all be older than I am. So like, this is ridiculous. If they start seeing younger people, I'll go. So then finally, they start <laughs> seeing younger people. And I'm like, all right, I'll go in. And I don't read the script. So I don't have any idea what the fuck's going on. And they make me do this ridiculous audition where like, I'm just where I'm standing on that trap door. And I'm just screaming that I think that there's something wrong with her. And like, mm -hmm. I don't think that this is normal. 
And it was terrible. And Fede, the director, said it was fucking horrible. He was like, you're <laughs> horrible. There was no reason why I should have brought you in again, except the casting director liked you so much because she put you in Go-Getter a long time ago. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no shit. Okay, cool. So, all right. Well, thanks. And then um, I came in the second time because they told me I was pretty bad. So I was like, why the fuck should I go in again? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. It's so dumb. They said, well... If you want to go, Bruce Campbell will be there. I was like, in the audition? <laughs> He's producing it. I said, okay, I'll be there. I drove there on a motorcycle and I got uh, off and I went straight to the audition room and I still didn't read the script. So I still had no idea what the hell was going on. I'm asking <laughs> other people in the audition room like, so who is Natalie? Is that the girlfriend? <laughs> or is that me? Is that our friend or just a girlfriend <laughs> i had to ask that in the room but when i first got into the room i walked in and uh he goes hey bruce campbell goes hey just so you know you got the part we're not seeing anybody else for this so just do whatever you want i was like are you bullshitting me because <laughs> yep i'm bullshitting you <laughs> I, was like, I was like damn you're an asshole <laughs> and he's like ha 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 and i just started cracking up did the scenes Fede asked me to do it a different way, which is kind of like the signature move of I like what you're doing. Now, let's see if I if I if you can take direction, direction, yeah, I'll give you a completely different direction that you never thought of and see if you can do that on cue. And so he gave me that. I did it right a week later that I got it and they wanted me to cut my hair. And I was like, are you guys fucking crazy? I look like a 70s film right now. I look yeah. like I look like the original Evil Dead. This is making an homage to Evil Dead without having to do a goddamn thing. So please keep my beard and long hair. I look like the guy in the movie. And they were like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. Yes, that's a better good point. And <laughs> they got me some glasses and they made me look just like them. And it was perfect. So I had a lot of fun. Yeah, you're looking. That was New great. Zealand, in New Zealand. They made it in fucking New Zealand. Because <laughs> Rob Tappert is married to Xena Warrior Princess and mm -hmm. owns a production company in New Zealand that does Spartacus and all that stuff. And the cinematographer was from the Spartacus set. He was awesome. Yeah, we, we, we were carted off to New Zealand where we had so much fun. Oh, my God. It was so ridiculous. But they had a cabin actually out in the middle of the woods on an old Indian burial ground in a haunted swamp. And and I, I went to that cabin and it eerily felt like I had just walked into the original film. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And then on a set in a studio, they also had a breakaway house that was exactly the same, proportioned a little different, where they could roll away each room to have the camera be able to take over each section and take mm -hmm. away walls and stuff. So we did that. Awesome. Sick. Now, do you, do you have a preference? Are you a, an Evil Dead one or two? Because we... We're sort of team two here. Yeah, so. we're team two. Do you have a favorite? I, I was team two until I saw one over and over again in order to like really understand it. Mm -hmm. And then everything behind one, just about how he turned it into a comedy because he was just so funny and Bruce was so funny. And he just made this crazy movie in his garage. The, the amount of skill it took to make that such a classic movie is insane. And it was so scary. So they did such a good job with that. I have to say the first one is my favorite now, but the second one is still my favorite to watch. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, for sure. And you kind of touched on this already, but I was going to ask, you know, with fans being kind of so, I guess, intense about remakes and stuff, were you sort of concerned? I mean, you you said it yourself, if they screw this up, like, were you kind of worried about the backlash if people were going to start sending hate mail or? Pissed, but the first thing they told me was we're doing all practical effects. I said, holy shit. They said, yeah, we want to make it like the original. We want to make it disgusting. Everything is going to be gory. You're going to be covered in blood. You're going to have things chopped off. You're going to have nails in your body. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to be covered with blood. And then there's going to be blood rain at the end. We got hundreds of thousands of gallons of blood. So I was like, sounds pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah, they just made, they put almost $17 million straight into practical effects, which I was like, holy shit. And then we got to the editing process. Bruce Campbell took on the, uh, producer role in a weird way because he was doing all the audio for the for the editing uh, himself and he was taking out and finding perfect audio from the original Evil Dead and then placing it in in spots in the new Evil Dead. Oh, wow. Oh. Pretty cool. He gave us an email at the beginning of the thing that said, look, yeah, we made Evil Dead and it was a fucking great movie and I did a good <laughs> job because I am awesome. <laughs> I don't want you to do anything that I did. Stop with the homage bullshit. Don't fucking try anything. Don't try to be like me. Just do your own thing. I don't care what you do. Have fun. And that was great. That's awesome. Yeah, get that freedom. We're That's like really well, we're allowed to do whatever we want. That's awesome. And so what's the what's the newest project that you're working on? What's the Well, it's been a really intense couple months. I just finished about a year ago, I did this show called You, and I'm going to mm. be premiering on Netflix on September 5th or 6th uh, in this story about a uh, stalker. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of the first victim of this stalker. And, um, you know, it's like you hear this guy, he, he owns a bookshop or he manages a bookshop and he this girl comes into his place and he's talking in his head and you can hear his narration. He's obviously very literature learned. He's got a great you know, vocabulary. He's articulate. He starts talking about how he's going to marry this girl and they're going to have beautiful kids and he's never met her. And then he finds out her name is Guinevere and he seems a little sketchy. And then the next scene, she walks out and like he's at her window watching her still talking in his head. And you're like, oh, fuck, this mm. guy's a stalker. This is nasty. Like this is dark and twisted because he loves her, but he's stalking her. And then I walk in the room and I'm like her hookup guy. And I'm this douchebag who owns an artisanal soda company and has way too much money. His own like startup bullshit, you know, hipster in New York and Brooklyn. You know, I'm like pretty and blah, blah, blah. And he watches me through the window bang her. He just decides that if if uh, he's going to have her, he needs to get rid of me first. Mm. So, oh, boy. So the first thing that happens is he kidnaps me, puts me in his basement of his crazy bookstore and like doesn't feed me for a week. And uh, <laughs> it's getting skinnier and skinnier. And it's like psychological warfare. And that's about it for the first couple episodes. Nice. So that'll be fun. Do you um, like, do you have a preference over, I mean, you've obviously done a lot of spots on TV and stuff. Do you have a preference over film versus television? I'd rather do television at this point. It's long form version with more money and better writers at this point, you know, than, than independent film or even studio budgeted films get. So, like, I'd rather be in a long-form thing where they can, like, give me some room to change 
um, be in the public eye for a longer amount of time as one character rather than mm-hmm. just a one-off all the time. Mm-hmm. I got my start in independent film, but it really has gone away. I mean, it doesn't exist as much as, at all anymore. It seems so, to have gone to TV, all the indie like yeah, story. It, so it's more creative on TV now. They just mm-hmm. have all the possibilities, and they can make it long-form and make it last really long, and you can learn the entire stories of these people rather than just like an hour and a half. So I would way rather do that. Yeah, I say that all the time when I see like a good movie or a decent movie. I'm like, oh, I wish that was a TV show because then I can really like get into these characters. I mean, like every single one of them is turning into a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they're going to kill it you know, eventually, and then we'll have to go back to do an indie film. (laughs) (laughs) Then they'll just be beaming it straight into our skulls. Into our heads, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. And we'll be the main character. Yeah, we'll be able to, we'll have our own alternate endings in our weird subconscious mind. Yeah, yeah. uh, Exactly. That sounds like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you have any interest in, in being behind the camera at all? So many actors tend to yeah, kind of flip. Yeah, I'm going to direct probably like five years from now. You know, there's a couple of things. I got series ideas. I got independent film ideas. I got giant studio budgeted ideas. Most of them surround like demons, horror, magic and angels and fucking religious stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I read about that shit all the time. And that's kind of like what makes me survive in my brain, <laughs> figuring out where we came from for real. Mm-hmm. And so I want to write stories about that. And I already have um, I got like, you know, half a script done of that one. And then I got a series that's hilarious, I think. And it's, you know, kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse or something, but in the tech age. And I'm uh, in. <laughs> ideas I have, you know reincarnation ideas. You can make fucking so many shows so easy. All the episodes are so easy. It's almost like touched by an angel, but like reincarnation shit. That's going to be so fun to watch. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a show that, that really influ- influenced you or a series that you particularly like? Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, sliders. Sliders. Yeah, I'd say those are probably my favorite ones. Yeah, but Married with Children is my favorite TV show that was ever on TV. Al Bundy is just the funniest asshole. In are the they movie. still running that? I don't know. Do they still do reruns of that? Probably. Run it Somewhere. All the time. Yeah, they run it all the time. But I just love that guy. Yeah. It's just like my family growing up. That's <laughs> not actually true at all. <laughs> You're going to get a call. <laughs> Close. It's just so close to the attitude that everybody had for each other. Like hilarious. Everybody sarcastically hates each other, but really there's so much love. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Now, this is kind of a cliche question, but uh, as an actor myself, I think it's just fun to always ask, Mm -hmm. is there a part that you would like to play that you haven't played yet? I would like to play Link from Zelda. I would like to play Lestat from Interview with the Vampire. Um, And... I don't know. I'd like to play a priest in a mm-hmm. film. I haven't been able to do that yet. Like in oh, something supernatural or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. But they, you asked me some questions about what I'm doing next, and I stopped at that you thing, but there's a couple more things that I did. Because I just came off of something called You're the Worst. 
It's a TV show on FX. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I know that yep. show. Sure. Comedy. Um, I walked into the audition room and they asked me to be a white rapper. I was like, <laughs> this is so bad. I don't know why I would do this. And they're like, just do it. So I had <laughs> my big sweatshirt on and I had my big sweatpants on and I'm smoking a vape. And then they're like, rap for us. And I'm like, okay. Ring around the clocky, pocket full of oxy. Mom will never stop me. Time for take to oxy. And then they hired me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. And they said, uh, yeah, it is. You're the worst white rapper we've ever seen. um, It's perfect because that's the character. We want to find the worst white rapper ever and make him huge. So I was like, cool. So this rap, and it is the worst fucking rap I've ever heard in my entire life. It's so funny and i can't i can't do it for you right now because it's too it's too close to when it's probably going to air and everything it hasn't aired but it's so funny it's your 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 the success of your audition process seems to be when you're acting the most ridiculous i think uh, every time i I just don't care i walk in and i make a fucking asshole out of myself every single time pretty much on purpose in order to just be like i don't give a shit about what you're doing I don't have any drama here. You just tell me where to stand and what to say and I'll do it. And that's what I did for the next thing where like right after I did that, you're the worst thing, which I'm going to be on again at the end of the month and another episode. Um, they asked me to do some short films. And so I did this short film for Johnny Coffeen, who's like a award winning, you know, David Lynch award short film guy. And um, I was like, Ooh, he wants to make an art film. This is cool. So he asked me to do this thing on Facebook, just like you guys contacted me on Twitter or whatever it was. And uh, I was like, sure. OK, but here's the thing. I don't want to know anything about your story. I don't want to know who I'm playing. I don't want to know what it's about. I don't want to know any purpose or what meaning you have behind it. I read the script and I have no idea what the fuck it's about. And I'm absolutely fine with that. So if you're fine with that, I'll do it. And then uh, he was like, yeah, OK, that sounds good. So I arrived at the set and he was like, okay, you're playing two characters. You're playing Noah, a psychedelic uh, therapist, and you're also playing a Christian guy with a pregnant wife who cannot get it up anymore. The psychedelic therapist, and we're going to do all improv for three oh. days, fully improvised. I was like, perfect. I said, this is a comedy, right? He was like, if you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you hired me, so it is now. And then, um, so I've been doing comedies for the last like month. It's really weird. I've never done comedies in my life, really, except for 50 Pills, which is kind of a tough one. And that's about it. That's what I've been up to. Awesome. Yeah. When did you, uh, what brought you to want to do the, uh, the Axel movie? Oh, um, so that just finally came out uh, August 24th, I think. And um, I did Axel seriously because I had never done anything like that before. It was a kid's movie, mm-hmm. a big studio budgeted kid's movie. And I grew up watching E.T. and things like that that are very, very similar, like Short Circuit. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see this movie. I was like, this is going to be a good movie. It's got motorcycles. It's got like rally cross. It's got young kids. So young kids are going to go see it. But it's got a robot dog that's like a computer dog that's like a partner and a protector. It's just a perfect Steven Spielberg-esque type movie that mm-hmm. I've never done. So I was like, I'll be any part of this. You just tell me where, where to stand. And they were like, uh, okay, perfect. You're going to be a computer scientist. You're like uh, kind of a bad guy in the movie, but you're kind of the voice of reason behind the computer system. You're the guy that designed Axel. 
the mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, great. That sounds fun. And I just literally was on set for three days, sat in a computer room trying to make things interesting. And that was about it. Oh, it was nice. fun though. And was that your of- first time doing voiceover? Uh, voiceover? Was that was it voiceover? No. Oh, was play, play, oh I thought it was like a, I thought it was a cartoon. No, no, no. Oh. You seen the trailer for that? Movie? I haven't. Oh. Big budget, like friggin' seventeen million dollar, you know, movie. I don't know why I thought it was like um like a Pixar kind of looking thing. Amateur, I am. Amateur. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the hell kind of host is mine. And the only other independent film that I did, uh, that's called Poor Boy, came out uh, July. And it is just an amazing movie. And it's on Amazon right now. You can finally buy it. But for the first time in my life, I was a producer on that film. And so it's just really interesting to like only have stuff on the back end of a movie where I didn't get paid for that movie. And for three years, I didn't get paid anything. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, maybe now that it's got distribution and it's gone to all the festivals and everything, and now people can buy it. I'm pretty excited that like I could be seen as more of a producer on films um, and, you know, get the points and enjoy kind of being a creative producer because that's what I did on that film. I, I, I did a lot of favors of my own in order to make that film, mm-hmm. including just doing it for free. Um, I grew a beard for a year. I love that you, you like, We'll do Evil Dead and Axel and these bigger budget f- films, but then you'll do a short film for some guy on Facebook. Yeah. Like, you just like, yeah. you're like, I'll do what I want. You know what I mean? You're kind of blazing your own was, path that way. Also, I really learned a lesson about work and life this year because for the last year, I've been working for Lyft, driving people around Los Angeles, which, God damn it, it is hilarious. <laughs> I can imagine the character study alone. Sometimes I get some real funny characters in there and sometimes I'm just in a charactery mood and I am a funny character. And sometimes, I mean, like I just meet the weirdest people. I meet girls in the car. I meet like old people in the car, couples. You're just laughing your ass off. It's like a vaudevillian act. But at the same time, it sucks. (laughs) You're driving around Los Angeles for hours and days and trying to get the bonus and it sucks. And life sucks and you're trying to pay your rent. You don't want to do it anymore, but you have to if you want to go home for the Bluegrass Festival with your friends and your friends. And I just keep doing it and I hate my life. And then all of a sudden I start getting these jobs and uh, it really fixed me and it put me in a happy place where now I understand why I'm doing what I do and how I love so much what I do and how I'm appreciating the jobs. And so I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to just do whatever anybody asks me to do at this mm-hmm. point. So, you know, ask me to do something and I'll be there. Just pay me a little bit more than a lift and I'll be there. <laughs> We're going to keep that in mind I, then. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that you're saying that from California because that mm-hmm. does not help us on our films at all. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know, but hey man, I'll be there. No, I'll be I, there. I will totally hold you to that, just so you know. <laughs> well, we're I, we'll definitely be following your work, and thank you so much for being continue to follow on the work. show. I will anyway. I di- I didn't see the one thing, Jason. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, I'm never gonna hear the end of that one. 
But it was awesome talking to you. Yeah, I know so Paul fun. was like, uh, just so you know, uh, Lou Taylor Pucci agreed to be on the show. So that happened. And I was like, all right. So, but, you know, I'm kind of pessimistic. I was like, he'll change his mind. So let's not get excited about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll believe it when I'm talking to him. <laughs> I'm glad it all worked out because I just got a weird schedule right now where I don't know where the hell I am at any moment. And like, I just had a delivery of giant plants to the house. Like, it's been a funny day already. My motorcycle got picked up this morning and I'm trying to get that fixed. And my car is in the auto body because while I was lifting, somebody hit me. Bastard. Oh, awesome. Ugh was an uninsured motorist but i got my 500 dollars waiver in the mail today so i went to bust some plants yesterday <laughs> <laughs> amazing so i'm having a good time but yeah seriously uh whatever anybody wants me to do <laughs> just give me a call you heard it here fucking i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so funny i'm for hire bitches <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah that's fun and um, if you want me on again, you just let me know. Um, well, I'm Lou Taylor Pucci. Signing off. I'm Go Killer <laughs> Filmcast. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be part of the new theme song, yeah. Todd. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, man. Awesome. All awesome. right. Very cool. You guys um, have fun. Thanks. You too. Enjoy you your too. plants. It's, yes, <laughs> enjoy your plants. Well, okay. Have a good time. Bye. Alrighty. Bye. Later, man. See you. Okay, I don't know how to turn this off. So, <laughs> so we'll just hang up on you. <laughs> so that just happened. That just happened. That just happened. We got to talk to Lou Taylor Pucci. I want to paint you a picture. Okay. You're in LA. I'm in LA. Okay. And you get into Ooh, a warm. lift. All right. Hey, I, can I, I, hey, whoa, buddy, I need hey, a ride. I need a lift. Yeah, I need a lift. And and your driver is Lou Taylor Pucci. Ugh. Well, you know what? We just drive around for hours then. The Poochster yeah. is driving your freaking lift, and then you're going to probably kidnap him <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna hang <laughs> and out force him to be in, in our movies yeah. all day you're gonna be my friend i hope you know that uh <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah uh but that was very cool very yeah, cool for awesome. him to make time for us um i'm just always amazed that like people <laughs> agree to be on this show <laughs> yeah well they don't know they i'm don't always know. like really oh okay they don't know any better they hear oh podcasts are cool now so i guess i should do those yeah you know, these guys are probably so really successful. They're yeah. probably wildly successful. We so get in I'll while do the getting's good. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that was awesome. Um, NAB. 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 So if you're going to NAB in October, uh, we'll, we will be there as well, as well. And uh, for the first day. For the first day, the 17th for sure. And if you want to go, we have a promo code from NAB for y'all. Promomo. Promomo. Uh, it'll be $50 off the base package. And guess how much the base package is? $50. So it's free. <laughs> yeah. Free. Um, so when you sign up to get your pass for NAB, put in the promo code RP17. And that'll give you a free base pass. Just you have no excuse not to go. Yeah. Aside from your train for it. City free, folk. Free tickets. I mean, you know, if you want to see some of the... Uh, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, yeah, you gotta pay for those if you want to see any of the. Uh, but it's free to hang out with our asses. Yeah, and we are too cool for school. Too cool for school. We'll be the guy. We'll be the guys and gals in the uh, Go Gorilla shirts. Mm-hmm. So come up and give us a high five. We love those. Yeah, I'll take um, a hug if you're not too weird. Don't be weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> ass out hug. Give yeah. An ass out hug. I'll do an ass out hug. <laughs> Unless you smell really good, and then I'll probably just go in for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and also, we just got back from the Village of Brewster Film Festival. That we did. Which was a lot of fun. 
we screened Adam mm-hmm. there. Um, and we did a panel about podcasting, which was a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool people. Yep. Um, some of which we'll probably have on the podcast at some point. You never Hopefully. know. Hopefully. Um, uh, so we, so we, we did miss the, we did miss the, um, the evening block on Saturday cause it's yeah. outdoors and we didn't, we didn't come prepared and, uh, I'm mosquito challenged. Yeah. So summertime and. And those bastards were hungry. Yeah. They were <laughs> a couple bites and, uh. Uh, I get all swollen and I don't feel so good. Yeah. So as soon as I saw like. You get all Peter Parker. Yeah. As soon as I saw like mosquitoes landing on your white sleeve, I was like, we gotta go. We gotta go. (laughs) We gotta go. Um, But it would have been cool because it, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like backyard movie night. Mm -hmm. If you, if you were prepared, unlike us and you have like your, your uh, tailgating chair and a nice like blanket. Which we have, but we didn't bring. We just didn't bring any of them because yeah. we weren't thinking. Um, so we unfortunately missed those films, but um, we're hoping we can check them out online and, and see all that. So I uh, want to thank uh, Bob and Stacey Dumont again for for having us, for taking our film in. Those guys are so cool. I love them. Yeah. It's a really, um, it's, they, they've been doing a film fest for seven years, which is longer than I thought. I thought yeah. it was like five years or something like that, yeah. four or five years, but it's been seven years. Old hat for them, as they say. Yeah. So, um, and and they're still incredibly humble about it. It's oh, yeah. not like the way so many film fests have gone where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, year two, you know, and then, all right, we're going to start raising all the... The sub- admissions. The admissions, and, yeah. submission fees submission. and all that. And, and uh, you know, and it's like, eight bucks to see a whole block two hours of films yeah um which is cool and i think they do i don't know if the films overlap in different locations at the same time i don't know yeah they might um but i know they have like a morning block in one place and then the 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 block that we're always in is five minutes from our house so that's awesome (laughs) for us um super convenient you know it's eight bucks to to see a bunch of different films and Mm -hmm. um Yes, that's cool. So hopefully we'll get it again next year. That would be so much fun. That would be fantastic. Oh, boy. We'll probably have like two or three films by then. Well, we already have one. Already have one. So we'll probably have at least a skit. Yeah. Um, And then hopefully we'll be in the, by next fall, we'll definitely be in the pre-production stage. We'll be creeping up on production, yeah. Of of, of our, our secret we Short can't tell film. you. <laughs> we need a lot of money for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our standard of a lot of money. Right. By right. the way. Yeah. Which is like paltry. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, best case scenario, over 5,000. But we wouldn't need more than like 10 would be the sweet spot. 10's like if we can get 10 grand for that movie, Jesus. we can make it the like the best tower Best ability. dangest thing we ever best did make. Mike, um, but so, but we're gonna keep our standards low at five. But even that's a lot for mm-hmm. us. Five thousand dollars is we've never spent that on a film. So yeah. hopefully, no pressure, no pressure, guys. But if you want to, um, well, no pressure on us to make it the best thing we've ever made. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, for anyone listening, mm-hmm. if they'd like to support us, no pressure. If you just want to crush our dreams and not, yeah, I mean, hey, it's fine. You know, if you donate. Don't wanna, Go buy, um, go buy your coffee. It's cool. That's fine. Whatever. Go to Starbucks <laughs> and just, you know, piss out all your money a couple hours later yeah. versus... Versus pissing your money away with us. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they're like, how about if, how about we just piss on you for yeah. that? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so, uh, so that's what we did this weekend. So that was awesome. And we're currently, um, binging season two of Ozark. Yeah. We so, have like four episodes left and it's yeah. so good. It's amazeballs. Uh-huh. It's fucking amazeballs. <laughs> That show's fucking amazing. Yeah. If you ain't watching that fucking show, then you should be watching that fucking show. And if you aren't watching it and you don't understand why I'm talking like this and saying fucking so many times. Yeah. Fuck, fuckity fuck. Fuck, fuckity. Let's get, let's fucking, <laughs> let's, you know, do some things. Words. <laughs> I, I kept wanting to say sponsor, but I wanted to say shout outs. And my brain couldn't figure out, like, am I supposed to say sponsor or shout outs? watching that almost in slow motion yeah. watching your eyes and your brain and then your mouth do something completely yeah, they different they were not in sync for that <laughs> they were segment. not hanging out in that moment but we should do some shout outs um to steady geekin steady geekin the guys at steady geekin check yeah. them out yeah reality bomb comic cast check those guys out uh life xp is done is with done. their shoot they're shooting yeah so, well they have i think they're shooting something later on for like another segment like a small little oh. shoot but they're done with pretty much everything else. They were just at Dragon Con, which mm-hmm. was cool. Um, yeah, and there's that. It's the most dragony of all cons. Yeah. Well, no, it takes it lasts forever. It's Dragon Con. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's my husband. Hands Lucky. off, ladies. Hands off. He's mine. Um, and men, <laughs> whatever you're into, sure. you can't have them. Um, but yeah, I guess that's. That's, That's a gist it. We of got it. some. We we got some more guests coming up too. Yes, we so do. Not well. Not like well. Next week we have one, but we have some. No, we don't. Oh no! Ne- That's a week after that. I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Next week you got us. Just yeah, us. Just us. We'll think no, of something really cool. No poochie. We'll th- we're gonna think of nobody. something really cool to talk about. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I'd like to hear you guys talk about. Just let us know. Bedazzling. Yeah, you can. Check us out on the Instagrams and Twitters and send us messages there and say, hey, talk about something like this, yeah. would you? I want to know about this. Yeah. Make it happen. It's go gorilla film at all those things. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, what Facebook. What he said. Go gorilla film at Gmail. You know why you can't get words out? Why? Because you're waiting to end this episode so that you can finish Ozark. Yeah. You're on Ozark time. I am. <laughs> I am on Ozark time. So actually this podcast is on Ozark time because I yeah. have to get to there. Yeah. So, but and conveniently to, we're done saying stuff. So yeah, we'll finish talking now and um, we will catch you next week when yeah. we're talking about things. 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 Wow. That was high. Bye guys. Bye bye. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. So we came up with this one